Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me at Dan Urban MMA. You can find the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or any other service that you use. And if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review. And we're going to talk about judging in MMA, so you should brush up on the criteria, which can be found at abcboxing.com. Dan, you know, obviously we have a lot of fun on the show. We, we you know, tend to keep it light. And, you know, we're, even when we're talking about judging and sometimes serious matters of, you know, a, a fighter winning or losing or, you know, maybe a decision made about a referee. But, you know, I think we need to start off with with an unfortunate uh, event that happened this week. And that was the passing of uh, UK-based referee Neil Hall. Uh, it was announced by his wife on Wednesday uh, that he had passed away uh, just 53 years old, I believe. 55 actually but just way too young it's just a shame um i know i know a lot of our uh you know the officials that we've spoken to in the past especially the ones based in in the uk before we've had you know ben cartledge on the show we've had mark goddard on the show you know these are individuals who spoke on twitter and social media you know after learning the news and and, and they're hurting you know it's 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 tough news you know mark mark goddard called it you know just devastating news and i can understand why you know Oh, for sure. It's always always tough to lose a friend and a colleague. It seems like he is someone who, you know, and, and I've never had the, I never did get the chance to uh, speak with him. Uh, you know, I'm familiar with his work, of course, you know, I, I remember him uh, staffing events and things like that. I never never stood out as someone who made a bad call or anything like that, anybody that I got on. Um, so, and, and he seems to have been well-respected, not only as a professional, but as a person. Uh, one thing that struck me was just the fact that People seem to highlight just the human side of him and how, how he'd be concerned about a fighter, you know, potentially later on who, uh, you know, had been stopped in a rough way and just wanted to know, hey, is he okay? Yeah, I, I, I picked up on that as well. I saw that. Yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate uh, part of life, and, and I hope that everyone who knows him uh, is remembering the best of times right now. You know, that's all we can do, right? Absolutely. Stay strong. Stay strong. Absolutely. Well said there. But, you know, let's move on to you know the show let's let's get into it hopefully we'll give people some entertainment you know in a, in a time that they're you know they're down and they're maybe they're hurting uh and you know let's let's talk about some past fights here you know we've got a fight week coming up this weekend with uh leon edwards uh, a uk-based fighter himself uh he is fighting against bilal muhammad in the ufc main event over in vegas and uh, and then we, we're going to have a fight with him that we're going to look back at for past judgment. We're also going to look back at a fight featuring Dan Ige, who is on the main card of this event as well. So let's get into past judgment. And before we do, as always, can you, Dan, just go over how we do that? Yeah, we're, we're just going to use basically the same thing as the ABC criteria. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, it's available at abcboxing.com. And like certified judges, we score rounds based on the three Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. But we just made a few key changes for the CSJ criteria. 10-9 is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the three Ds by a large margin. A 10-A can be considered for just one D, but should definitely be given when two Ds are achieved. And a 10-7 is available for checking off two Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, Scott. Let's set up Ige and Barbosa. All right, yeah. So this one was on. It's not that long ago. This was actually a fight that we spoke about 
uh, live earlier on in our, our run last year, right? Because it, yeah. it was early in the post-COVID pause. I actually think uh, Rob so this... Hines joined us for that episode. Yeah, well, later on, we I believe it was a, a, later in that week, he gave us a good education into why the rounds of this fight would be scored the way they were. Uh, but yeah, so this fight was on uh, May 16 last year in Jacksonville at the uh, uber-respected Star Veterans Memorial Arena. I'm, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's the Garden of Northeast Florida. Never been there. Ah, uh, me either. Uh, the headliner for this one was was uh, Alistair Overeem versus Walt Harris. If that's uh, something that mm-hmm. jobs your memory. Uh, but anyway, so Ige, he's 28 coming into this one, 13 and two. He's won five in a row, so he's starting to build up a you know a reputation for himself, a little bit of a name. This is this is obviously a a more prominent fight for him. He had just come off actually three months earlier before the uh, COVID pause. He got a split decision victory over Mirsad Bektic. Barboza, he's coming in this one, career lightweight. So this is his featherweight debut. He's 34 years old, 20 and 8, and he'd lost two in a row. The last was a split decision defeat to Paul Felder the previous September, which did we did we do that one? We did bet we, we did Barbosa and Felder. I thought we did. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty sure we had done that. So a lot of callbacks we have here. Barboza just uh, apparently he's just been finding himself in these these close split decisions lately, right? <laughs> but the judges for this one, we've got Derek Cleary, Sal D'Amato, and Troy Winkapot with the referee Jason Herzog. Uh, so yeah, round one. What's going on here, Dan? Well, early in the round, probably like maybe a minute in, Barboza lands a big elbow followed by a right hook, sends Ige to the ground, gets on top, lands some strong ground and pound. And at this point, I'm like, oh, this is kind of trending. Ten eight. But for some reason, he lets him up. I, it didn't seem like Ige escaped. It seemed like Barbosa just was sick of being on the ground. It did kind of look that way. I wonder why. Maybe he just, I don't know. Maybe he wanted to, to keep it back a distance and maybe work some more kicks. He probably probably is like, well, you know what? I'm landing more effectively. I'm just putting myself in his mind like I know. But uh, maybe he just felt like he was landing more effectively on his feet. And he said, oh, I don't really feel like staying down here. I don't know. It was strange, but uh, but once it was back on the feet, they pretty much exchanged strong shocks to the end. I think it's a clear round for Barbosa, but I think Ige kept it close, so I went ten nine for Barbosa. Yeah, I did too. I I was it was a round that was like it was tough not to go further because we had some really high points from Barbosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was tough tough to not go for the ten eight, but I think the right call is a ten nine here just because Ige did land very successfully in this round too he did give it back yeah so i mean if he kept on the ground i'd probably go 10 8 it was just a strange strategy for me but i I wasn't fighting so yeah yeah i mean we definitely can't speculate on what even would have happened at that point what if if somehow the position gets reversed i don't know but yeah i mean i i think 10 9 is the right call this was you know there was no controversy here all the judges had this one as a 10 9 for barboza easy call i think you know the knockdown obviously makes it big yeah, not round gonna... two though. Yeah, round two. This was, uh, I guess, this is probably the uh, disputed round. It's the pu- it's the pivotal point. It's it's the disputed round, absolutely. So, I mean, Ige, I thought he landed really, really good, pretty much throughout most of the round. Yeah, like a good three and a half minutes or so. Like really meaningful shots, I thought. Like Edson's face is busted up, but Edson was giving it back, just not at at that level. I didn't think. And towards yeah, the, that's fair. To- I think towards the end. Edson lands that knee off a kick he threw with right to the body. Ige 
crumbles a little bit and ends the round eating ground and pound. I remember Those, the ground and pound though. Oh, sorry, you go first. I remember the knee feeling a lot bigger than it was this time I watched it. I didn't necessarily feel that way. I think it was about what I recall. The the one thing that stood out for me though is is I'm watching Barboza try to land these ground shots, these follow-up shots, right? And he's he's definitely throwing, you know, with a lot of intention. But as I'm watching it and I'm trying to watch it as close as I can, it doesn't look like, at least to me, that these shots are landing very effectively on Ige. It looks like he's defending them kind of well or, or whatever. He's just missing for one reason or another, you know? I kind of thought Did he, you get that sense? Uh, I thought he was hitting them. Uh I also but I also didn't think they were all that strong. So Okay. I, I think Ige built up a sizable lead on the feet where he was able to edge it. So I, I scored it for him ten nine. Yeah, you know what made it a lot easier for me to and and every time I've watched this fight before, I saw this as a ten nine for Barboza. Me too. But this time, the reason I did go the other way is because, at least in part, it really didn't look like what Barboza's landing on the ground is doing all that much. Yeah, I mean that that's a good call. I I, I think maybe it's I'm wrong. I mean, I might be reading too far into this. Maybe you know, who knows? Maybe I'm just tired when I watch this fight. I don't think so. I feel <laughs> fine, but. You know, it, when I'm watching this one again, at least this time, I'm like, I'm trying to watch closely, and it really doesn't look like it, things are landing super flush on, you know, Ige's face or anything like that. Maybe they're landing on his chest or something, but it almost looks like they're landing a lot on the arms that they're being defended. Yeah. It, what, I could be wrong there. What it was for me is every time I did watch this in the past, I didn't think Ige landed as good as he did. And then I watched it, and I was like, wow, he's really landing really good. He is landing so, with intention. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the reason why I was going Barbosa because then he always he had that big moment at the end. So it's close here. Barbosa takes it like that, but no, Ige was landing. Yeah, I think I think honestly it's the right call to go with Ige here. Now I I I've fully committed to switching over from backing Barbosa here. Uh, so now you and I both as as ten nine Ige is here. We are seeing it the same way as Derek Cleary and Sal D'Amato. Troy Winkapaw, he had a ten nine for Barbosa and. Who might argue when several times I watched this and saw it that yeah. way. And also, you know, there is, you know, there's some argument to be made. Yeah, definitely an argument there. But yeah, I definitely think I feel good about this being an Ige round now. I, I yeah, I'm happy giving this one to Ige. And round three, you know, this, this round is, <laughs> it's funny because round one was clear for one guy. Round two was not, but round three, I think is clear for the other guy here, right? This is an Ige round. It was clear. Well, it wasn't that clear early. I mean, I thought it was it was back and forth or, until Ige gets the takedown, which was a solid takedown, good impact, yeah. and he landed good ground and pound, landed a big elbow from that spot. Well, yeah, I mean, they, and, you get five five minutes right. to prove so, your point, right? Up until that point, I thought it was close, but then Ige just took over a ten nine Ige. But you would say, I mean, at this point, it's a clear round because of what. Happened. Oh yeah, 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 clear clear round. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so yeah, I, I don't think anybody would dispute that too. I think that's a good assessment of what we saw here. Um, it was it's funny because you don't you don't look at sometimes you could look at it as like or you could see fights play out where round one is somebody's and then maybe they lose steam in round two and then in round three that person has taken over now. Mm -hmm. But that's not exactly what happened here because round two, it was like the inverse. It was like Ige actually came out strong and then he lost steam after Barboza had some success. And then after that, Ige takes over again. So there was there was like back and forth. Yeah, this, this was a good uh, push pull. Throughout the entire fight, really. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I think you nailed it. I mean, uh, with your with your assessment here, and, and yeah, 
no one's going to debate whether this was a Barboza round or not. And all three judges, of course, saw it. 10-9 Ige. I don't think it pushes into 10-8 territory in our criteria. Certainly not 10-7. No. So, I... yeah. Yep. We're, we're ended up with uh, with 29-28s for Ige, both you and I, as did uh, Cleary and D'Amato. Winkapaw had the 29-28 for Barboza. And, you know, I, again, I can... I can understand the argument yeah, we, there. We, we, I, I, I had made the argument before, so <laughs> for sure. What, how how much of a jerk do I be? I, I mean, I didn't go back and listen to that episode, but I think I made the no, argument. I, I think I made the argument pretty emphatically. <laughs> but you know, I mean, so I don't know. It was right after that, like you said, that we had Rob Hines on the show, and that was like a a turning point for you and I on this show, right? Yeah. It really started the ball rolling on us becoming much more educated into the way judges score fights and the criteria that they use. You know, we I think we'd looked it over, but we didn't really understand it the right way. Yeah. Or we didn't look deep enough into it. I mean, it's certainly possible, too. I mean, now it's like almost hard to put yourself back in those shoes because I think we've come yeah. so far, you know, for, yeah, but, for sure. But uh, yeah, it's this is this fight in particular, like it has a little bit of uh, significance to our show, right? Oh, definitely. This is right at the start of it, really. So I think so. I think I think it's it really is like the turning point in the show. So I would say anybody who for some reason says, I'm going to go back and listen to the back catalog of the couch side judges. I mean, first off, you're crazy, but all right, I, I support you. Uh, <laughs> second off. I, I think, yes, probably around now is a good point for you to to jump back to. You can <laughs> like if, if you were telling somebody like watch a, a TV show, right? Like, oh, I recommend you watch this show. Skip the first couple seasons. And that's what we're saying here. Skip the yeah. first couple seasons of Cowside <laughs> Judges. Join in. It starts to get good around season three. Yeah. <laughs> when they had, when the new writers came in and, you, and changed the direction of the show. But you wouldn't be you wouldn't come along for the ride of that character development see us improve no no this ain't about character development this is this isn't one of those shows but that's but that but if you want to get the full grasp of the character in these shows don't jump into season I'll, three i'll summarize it we didn't know what we were talking about as much now we do i think i, know. <laughs> I think it's, it's like cool seeing the difference it is it is uh, you know and and as i stress every time we do this every time i think to we're still amateurs we're still untrained We've never judged a fight professionally or even cage side. You know, we sit at home, we've, we've shadowed at home, but that's not the same. So we're, we're interpreting the best we can, but you know, in general, we, we uh, know better than to assume we know more, right? Now we know, or at least now I know. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> Did uh, Barbosa go back to 45 after this fight? No, no, he had, yeah. he actually won one fight after this uh, against uh, Maquan Amirkani. Okay, I saw. I got a decision over him, and I remember. <laughs> I don't want to dwell too much on this one, but but I do remember during the fight, the commentary team was saying like, "Oh, Americani's like, I I want him. I want Barboza. I've got what it takes to be." And he like had nothing to offer. Yeah, I I vaguely remember that. Yeah. All right. So we got another. But fight. Yeah. Let Let's move on. We've got. I guess this is probably kind of our. Let's call this like the main course because it's the the headliner of the weekend, right? This is the main event with with Leon Edwards. Even though it's, you know, we're talking about two, three round fights here. Leon Edwards going against Gunnar Nelson. This is a fight from all the way back on March 16, 2019. So we're just about a year before uh, the world changes Chaos. as we know it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the co-main event uh, for a UFC fight night, a second UFC fight night here. 
at the O2 Arena in London. The headliner was George Masvidal. He got a KO of uh, Darren Till in the second round. Uh, this was, and actually, Dan, if you recall, this was the event which spawned the three-piece yeah. in a soda yep. <laughs> from Jorge Masvidal, yep. which was indirect response to the tension between him and Leon Edwards. Yep. That was, I mean, didn't, and didn't Moss, didn't they just throw him on a plane right away? They're like, get out of here. I thought that's what happened. I don't recall. I, I, that one happened. I don't remember. I, I thought that happened. But anyway. It might have. It might not have. I'm not going to sit here and confirm it or deny it. So I'm going to let you spread falsehoods or not. Yeah, I'm all about that fun stuff. <laughs> Edwards, uh, he's coming into this one. He's 27 years old. You know, he's, he's still a young fighter. Um, 27 for this one. 16 and 3 at this point having won six in a row and eight out of nine, all in the UFC. So he's he's really on a roll, you know? Um, and he had actually just won his first UFC headliner with a decision over Donald Cowboy Cerrone nine months before this one. His opponent, Nelson, he's 30, 17-3-1, similar record, uh, after a submission victory that he got over Alex Cowboy Oliveira. So they're, they've both just beaten Cowboys uh, three months <laughs> before this. These are the cowboy killers. (laughs) But Nelson, though, you know, he's got a good record here, but he's only four, three and one going all the way back four and a half years entering this fight. So it's not like he's been on a roll or anything. Not that many fights either. No, no, he's been he's been less active. And I didn't get the chance to look into why and I can't remember offhand. So uh, but yeah, nonetheless, you got seven fights in four and a half years. That's I mean, that's not inactive. I don't think that's inactive because he's taking this fight now. So it's probably two a year. You know my stance. You know, was that? Uh, yes, yes, that's right. Fighters should fight what seven times a year? Three minimum. Three. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I can understand it if you're not the champion. I think the champion always makes it a little bit tougher. Um, judges for this one: Howard Hughes, Anders Olsen, and Andy Roberts. At the referee is Kevin Sataki. So round one. Here we go, Dan. What is happening? Uh well, a lot of. You know, just standing in front of each other just to begin. But Nelson scores with a big kick to the body, and that's about all his offense. He does score two takedowns, none impactful. Doesn't really do anything. He didn't really it. make anything out of it, did he? And then once Edwards got his takedown, yeah, he didn't really land strong, but he started doing something with it. Kind of worked around to the back. On, you know, he was working from the back. You know, yeah, he, was, he worked around to the back. Landed some. He didn't quite strikes. have it like locked in or anything, but he's you know he's controlling the body here. He's got him. He's in control of, of this position. Yeah, I mean, you can see him like sort of trying to like work his arm under the chin. It doesn't get anywhere, but he's you can see him kind of fishing, was, right? Yeah, he, he was he was staying busy. He was absolutely so, this this was I believe if you were just to like let's just take the grappling from this round and ignore everything else. I think you could very easily say that Leon Edwards was the more effective grappler 100%. in this round, right? Way, way better. Now, he's also throwing in punches in there. Uh, yeah, Nelson had that kick, right? That's it. But is that kick enough to overcome what is very likely a disparity in the effective grappling? I, I don't see it at all. I, I have a hard time seeing this round as anything other than a 10-9 for Edwards, you know, no matter what scoring system you're using, ours or, or right, the actual, yeah. you know, one that counts. So it is a little surprising to see Howard Hughes had given this round to Nelson. Um, he's there, you know, you, you got to at least understand that there's information maybe we're not getting because he's there and we're not. But it, this is a tough one. I, I don't see this one very strongly. Maybe I'm, Maybe there's something I'm missing too. 
I, I see that very hard to see for Nelson. I think I do think so. I would agree. I think it's a very tough one to give to Nelson. I think this is it's it's a the problem with this round is just the fact that you didn't really have any high spots, you know? Yeah, no high spots at all. That's where it becomes challenging, I think. But I mean, I have to like wholeheartedly agree here that Olsen and Roberts, they got it right with the 10-9 for Edwards. And I just yeah, I just don't think the same thing about a Nelson 10-9 here. I think it's open and shut, 10-9 Edwards. Yeah, yeah, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that too. Uh, round two, though, there is another disagreement here, but it's it's to the degree of this round for Edwards, right, among the judges. So mm-hmm. before we actually get to their scores, why don't you set it up? Yeah, this is a – I thought it was a pretty low output round from, for the most part, and but Leon would land really well in the clinch. And every time they broke away, he was hitting them with a big elbow pretty much. And finally – the one elbow sends Gunner to the ground, followed up by fight finishing ground and pound. Well, and doesn't you know, hope aiming to be. Yeah, he, okay. he doesn't get the finish. Fight finishing level, but sure. it doesn't. It, it does not get the finish. Nelson hangs tough. He's got a. Huge, he doesn't have a ton of time though, because it's only, it's it's only true, like thirty yeah. seconds left. Huge, huge lump on his eye. You know, speculating that he broke his uh, orbital, but. Yeah, this was I. I went ten eight. I I didn't think it reached the ten seven for us, but I thought ten eight was the right one. I went to the ten seven right. in our system. It was a tough call. It, it for me, it was a very tough call because how many D's are being checked? Like let's let's just talk about the D's for example, right? Damage, dominance, duration. The damage is there. Damage for sure, without question. You know, he's 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 scoring. Throughout the round, not heavily most of the round, but he's definitely landing the heavier blows. And then, yes, he gets that knockdown late in the round. That's huge, right? Big damage, yeah. Dominance. Nelson's doing just about nothing. Well, that yeah, that's like, I was, was going to ask. Almost you nothing happened from his end, other than you know being there. I guess, right? I think <laughs> I think you actually the uh, <laughs> he was he was in there. He, he, he was just, in the cage. He was he wasn't not there. <laughs> No, on, on the UFC stats, he he landed three total strikes the whole round. Yeah, it was uh and Edwards uh he landed I, I believe it was about 20 to 25 or something like that. It might even been a little more. So, there's a huge disparity here in the strikes landed. You also get in some hard strikes landed and a knockdown. So, I feel like I'm confident that I can check off damage and dominance right there. Duration is the tougher one because you do not have duration at any point in this round. Even in that sort of finishing sequence or you know potential finishing sequence that didn't play out that way it it kind of he had a little bit of a flurry and then it kind of died down pretty quickly right yeah i would see when i when i go for 10 7 i i, I want to have all three at to some degree the reason i felt much better about going to a 10 7 in our system is it's twofold one we have the ability to give a 10 7 for 2d's checked off right yeah it's it's within our ability to do so. So if I have the, if I want to, I can do that. That's the kind of, that's the problem with obviously leaving things open-minded because or open-ended because then it's like, well, how are we going to get on the same page? But nonetheless, that's how we have it. Uh, the other reason though, is the fact that, you know, talking about diminishing blows can push things to that mm-hmm. next level, right? Mm-hmm. Diminishing blow at the end, right? No question. No, I'm not going to argue that. No way. Yeah, exactly. So for me, I found it to be a pretty easy not easy. I, I again, I wouldn't say it was easy, but it was something where I I feel like I have enough reason to go for that highest score that we have, and that's why I can see 
why Anders Olsen ended up being the judge to go for a 10-8 here because I think the criteria supports the case. 100%. I think I think I would have scored 10-8 in ABC scoring criteria as well. So you think you but, would have pushed over your you're talking about like, you know, a so-called 10-8 and a half between the 8 and the 9 in the ABC system, but because you didn't have the like you couldn't just sit in the middle like we can kind of. Right. You pushed it all the way to the 10-8 whereas with the ability to not necessarily go there you said okay I, I don't think it's quite should be that highest score right since we can go that far i think he needs to push a little bit further okay all right um, i can understand that i i respect that i think that's fine i feel good about my score i wouldn't change it i don't think you could convince me of it otherwise you don't sound like you're trying to i'm not <laughs> i'm fine with no, that's fine Ed- edwards yeah. won this round if you told me nelson won this round i think we'd have a bigger problem we would have a major problem. This would be a, a draft. I would, I would wonder what the heck you're thinking. Is it, are we playing by golf rules? Lowest score wins. Boy, that'd be something fighting at oh, the end. Boy. You find out. Oh, sorry. It was supposed to be the most gentlemanly, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So the, again, Olsen, he gave this one a 10, eight uh, Hughes and Roberts. They saw this one as a 10, nine. Uh, of course, all for Edwards. Olsen's scorecard now reads as a 20 to 17 for Edwards, which is the same as yours. Yeah. Um, Roberts has it as a 2018 for Edwards, and Hughes has this one tied, which for me, it just it just doesn't make sense. To it's call not the fight we're watching. Fight tied right now. This is this is kind of crazy to look at that, right? Uh, but it's it looks worse when you look at the fight as a whole, which is not how it's scored. Mm-hmm. But it's still something that looks very tough because it's like if you look at the numbers and the numbers don't tell everything, but you you know, the numbers are something that sometimes can um, illustrate a greater point. Gunnar Nelson has landed nine strikes in this fight. He's been knocked down in this fight. There's no way that you would objectively say, let's let's say if you're doing it pride style, right? There's no way you would sit back and say, well, Gunnar Nelson, I mean, he's still in this fight, right? This is, he's, he's looking decent here. It's any man's fight. <laughs> no it doesn't look like that this is not the fight we're watching not at all no so but but round three then comes along and and you know i i think there's no disagreement about what happened in this round right dan no this was this was a nelson round uh but it was also Mm -hmm. a round where not much happened yep edwards is probably slightly ahead in the striking and i remember i remember he landed a couple punches and a good knee up the middle but nelson lands a big right as he's shooting in for a takedown gets it down to the ground mounts leon right away and for the last minute leon's hanging out for dear life and gunner nelson's not going all out like he should be no he's not really pushing much is he? Uh, but he is landing some punches from mount so i mean pretty easy call 10-9 nelson maybe nelson really felt like he had won round one i don't know how you could feel he did on one card yeah I, not, I don't, know. I, I don't think that's that. what he really thought i have no idea why he wasn't pushing that hard for it i mean you know you know it's over like you gotta got to do something here you've got to know you've been in there you were in there for 10 minutes you didn't do very much to the guy like you can't even sit there and say well at least i had this success it's like what do you do i don't know (laughs) i couldn't i couldn't possibly imagine how that would be but yeah this is a 10-9 nelson round yeah no one would debate it at all uh which uh for the actual judges the ones who count it ended up being a everyone has a different scorecard right so Hughes has Nelson winning this one, 29-28, which, you know, again, wow. you look at the, the body of the fight, it's just, just imagine if Nelson actually had won this fight through some other weird, you know, judging happenstance. 
Oh, this is this would be one of the worst decisions I think ever, right? I mean, I, this I, would actually be a, a fight where we might have to try out that R word that we don't yeah, like to use, right? I'm very against it, except for this one. I might, I might use it. You might have had to, but <laughs> obviously we don't need to because yeah. we had some sensible judging from Andy Roberts, twenty nine twenty eight for Edwards, and Anders Olsen, twenty nine twenty seven for Edwards. Save the day. Strange split decision, but the right victor. In yeah, at least the right victor won. And and when they announced the first, they announced the first scorecard for Nelson. You saw Edwards' face, like, "Whoa, what?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think I would, I would relate. I can understand being a little. Yeah. Uh, not even a little. I'd be like, "What the heck is going on?" <laughs> tell tell me tell me you're not gonna try and take this from me. Yeah, really. And they didn't. So, but your final scorecard in in our system ended up being twenty nine twenty seven, matching Anders Olsen. Mine was a twenty nine twenty six, and I feel like that matches the fight. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it does. I don't think yours doesn't match the fight either. But I think I think it accurately reflects the fact that we had one fighter who, while neither one was landing in excess, he hurt his opponent. One guy fought, and the other guy really didn't. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. You know, you, you could kind of come back to the old pass fail at the end of it. It's like, who would you rather be at the end of that mm-hmm. fight after 15 minutes? For sure. No question that after 15 minutes, Gunnar Nelson does not feel as good as Leon Edwards does. Right. Yeah, definitely Leon Edwards. And is this the last time Leon Edwards has fought since this coming weekend? No, no, it is okay. not, actually. So he had okay. fought uh, later in the year. He won a five round decision over uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that, if that was fight the happened last time. We, we haven't seen Leon Edwards in the cage since June 2019. Okay. It's a long time. Yeah, that is a long time. But I, And obviously, he's he's back this weekend. He's headlining against Bilal Muhammad, and, and his journey was so weird because Leon Edwards, you recall, he was supposed to fight Tyron Woodley in England, I believe in London. Yeah, the London Just card. at the beginning of the whole COVID mess when everything started shutting down. His... His event was supposed to be the one right after the one that they still put on in Brazil. Right. Back in March. Right. And they, I think the UFC, like, essentially, they, they really scrambled as best as they could to keep this thing together. But ultimately, as much as they tried to, they were, I think they were going to bring it out to Vegas, I believe, was the plan. Uh, I might be wrong here, so I'm going to couch everything that I say. Uh, and ultimately, Edwards couldn't get out of England. So he's like, I can't go. Um, and then they just scrapped the whole event. So he was supposed to do that. Didn't happen. They they were, sent the secret if, you, if you ask Edwards, Edwards says that he was trying to get fights with, you know, a bunch of people like Masvidal and, and Covington and nobody wanted to fight. You know, they're all they're all talking, not actually fighting him. And so finally, he just takes a fight against uh, Hamza Chemaev. Chemaev gets COVID. Edwards gets COVID. They push the fight back. Chemaev never recovers from COVID. He's still not recovered from COVID. So he has to pull out again. And it's like, all right, well done. So now finally. The Rocky has come back to the cage. And they call, his nickname is Rocky. I mean, he only has to get through two days to get there. That joke sounded better in my head. It sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, th- I think he's going to make it. I think we'll have this fight happen. God willing. But. What do you think of this one? I'm leaning Muhammad. Why? Mainly because he's been active. How's Leon going to come back being out so long and dealing with so much mo- uh, his head's like, I got to fight. Now I don't got to fight. I got to fight. Now I don't got to fight. And, and and another thing that I didn't even mention, the fact that both both Shemayev and Edwards had COVID. Edwards had a, a pretty decently serious bout with COVID too. It wasn't quite to the same degree, but 
when I spoke to Edwards the other day, he was talking about how he had diminished uh, uh, lungs for sure. From this. Well, and yeah, he, he you, lost some weight. Oh, you definitely lose some weight. It was probably I, I lost. Some Not everybody weight. has it as harsh. But all Muhammad said that when he got it, he he didn't really have that happen to him. So I, I lost weight. I don't know how much I lost, but I my clothes fit a lot looser. And yeah, my Did you get it back. Oh, of course, because once because yeah. I didn't want to eat anything. And right. Once I was good, I was like, I'm going to eat everything. And well, you know how oh, that man. goes. But yeah, to speak on the, the lung thing, you know, you, you carry pneumonia for a while after, you know, you're cleared from yeah. COVID, but your lungs, they're still recovering from the pneumonia uh i remember you telling me your doctor said like yeah you're fine you've got pneumonia but you're fine i'm like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> like your doctor's a quack well pneumonia compared to uh covid is probably since it's poor since it's a, a side effect of covid no i, I guess they're happy, i mean i guess but... things are all relative but i mean i've look i've never had pneumonia I've, I've i've been relatively healthy in my life i haven't had too many terrible sicknesses or anything like that so it's uh you know knock wood but that's good yeah no i'm happy about it and i'm getting i'm getting my uh my first dose of the uh the covid vaccine oh, on Sunday. welcome to the club that's right Couchside vaccinated now correct me if i'm wrong this is the is it the first dose or the second dose where I start to hear Bill Gates' thoughts in my head. Oh, I had side Which effects. Which one is that? On I always forget. I I would probably go betting man. I'd say do the second one. Oh, okay. But maybe the first. I don't know. I had I had I'm side not, effects on both. That's true. I'm not worried at all about the vaccine. If I get a little sick, that's fine. It is what it is. I'd rather that than COVID because I know how bad you had it. I know how bad some other people have had it, and yeah, <laughs> people who are fun. healthier than I. Leon Edwards is a lot healthier than I, so he got it bad. Why couldn't I? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm. I'm not putting it against Leon Edwards to come in here and put on a performance that earns him that title shot that supposedly he'll get if he does do that. Um, but you're more leaning to Muhammad I'm, I'm just, just again, just because Muhammad of the consistency ring rust, I think is real. Uh, mm. The COVID, like you mentioned, who I, I'm sure he'll be able to go all five rounds, but maybe he slows later in the fight. And I think Muhammad's he just got out of a camp. He's ready to go. He's in top shape. And this is a huge opportunity for him. And I think he can rise to the occasion. I don't doubt any of the the logic there, but I am still taking Edwards here. I think as much as I've been very impressed with Muhammad and his run, you know Muhammad's won eight out of nine fights in a row, right? Or not not in a row, but eight out of his last nine. Mm -hmm. It's a great run. Mm -hmm. But this is a different level of competition. Yeah, and what sure. we've seen from Bilal throughout his career, and he's still young and he's still on the rise and he's got certainly an opportunity to change that narrative now is when tested against that next level of competition he has not passed that test yet now i i like i like balala uh, you know when i spoke to him the other day he was seen seemed like a really nice guy very interesting guy he's he's a fun guy to follow on social media too um he's got a great presence but i just think that Edwards, as long as his body isn't, you know, like we're saying, maybe still having trouble bouncing back from. He said that his lungs felt fine by the end of December. Oh, okay. So we're talking about still right. several months past that point. I would have to think that he's been training as hard as he can is probably OK. I mean, you never know. And he don't forget, he's very motivated on his own because this is a guy who's been winning for years and years and years, and he can't get that opportunity if he wins. And he wins impressively. Dana says that he would get the next title shot. Right. Dana so we'll see. says he would get the next title shot. We'll see. But there is at least a carrot there. 
and it's a realistic one. He wants he wants very badly to get back to that title and and to get a win over Kamaru Usman because that was one of his few losses. I'd, I'd be very interested in that. I think we mentioned that a while back. You know Edwards, by the way. He actually had the first loss of his career. Do you know how he lost? Alma Plata. DQ illegal knee. Come on, guys. It all comes. You know, we're all coming back to this <laughs> this uh, illegal knee from the weekend. All right. All right. Speaking of official, so yeah, realistically, he's only lost twice. You know, really. Okay. I mean, I, I'd see, I, I mean, I would totally. You know I mean, I mean, he wins. I wouldn't be shocked in in the least. Uh, I mean, no, he's expected and, and to win. You? So, but I, but I will say, decision. Uh, you know, these are both durable men. Neither one. Uh, uh, Edwards has never been finished. Bilal Muhammad has finished. I, I think he was only finished just the one time. So, very durable guys. They both tend to go to decisions. I would be surprised if it was anything else. Yeah, give us some rounds to talk about on Friday on Monday. I think they probably will. Uh, who are the judges? It'll be a decent fight. You think? Who do you think the What's judges? Will, who do you think the judges will be? Oh, it'll probably be the same team. I'm not even going to make picks of who's, who's going to be put in the main event. You know what? Screw it. Salamato, Derek Cleary, and Chris Lee. That's my pick. Bam. It's a good bet. That wasn't a risky pick. It wasn't, and I'm not <laughs> going to make a risky pick because it's not like Nevada makes risky picks. They, they go with the best they they can, yeah. and they 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 tend to fall into the same patterns. And and hey, why not? But they do have kind of the pick of the litter here. Everyone's everyone's really solid judge. Uh, any other fights you're looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, there's a few. Honestly, I, I actually like the depth on this card. But you're telling me to pick one. It is uh, Mateus Nicolau. He's coming back to the UFC finally. He never should have been gone, and he's fighting uh, Manel Cape. He just made his debut, right, Cape? Yeah, it wasn't a very good debut. I expect more from him this time. He he came in very highly touted. He's he's fun guy to watch. Nicolau is very good. I think this will be a very good flyweight fight. Uh, I mean, how often do the flyweights disappoint you, right? Yeah, it's it's good they're finally building this division. They really so. are giving it like as much I mean, more attention than probably they ever did. And it, I wonder what made them decide after almost killing it. They're like, yeah, we should actually treat this like there's fighters here. That people should want to watch. Yeah, it was dumb. Yeah, <laughs> they the UFC failed Demetrius Johnson. They did. They really did. They, they had really a superstar. Did. Absolutely. There. Oh, and and also quick uh, shout out to the rebooked Angela Hill versus Ashley Yoder fight, which I had shouted out a couple weeks ago as the fight to watch because I expect very strongly to be talking about that on the show. Uh, I I jinxed it. I guess that time. Maybe I'll jinx it again, or maybe we'll be talking about it Monday. <laughs> I think that's the prelims headliner. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's the feature prelim, yes. What about you? What do you want to say? Uh, Ronnie Yaya and Ray Rodriguez. Okay. Weights. Uh, I'm a submissions Looking guy. For grappling? So they both got some good grappling on their resumes. Ronnie Yaya is just all grappling pretty much. So I don't what know what Ray Rodriguez's nickname is, but it should be Ray Rod. Well, let me tell you something about Ray Rodriguez and his nickname. His nickname is The Judge. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot to mention that. Ooh. His nickname, according to Tapology, is The Judge. Well, wh- do we know the story behind this? I, I don't know. Did he have a legal career that he left because he wanted a cage fight? I mean, he is 33, I think. I think that's his age. He'd be young for a judge. Yeah. Or does he aspire to become a judge? Perhaps. Or is he just a big fan of the Yankee slugger who wears number 99? Aaron Judge. Love that guy. Or even the Giants head coach, the New York Football Giants head Joe coach. You like a lot of things that have judges in yeah. them, man. Between <laughs> between our show, between your football team, and between your baseball team, it's all judges. With you. It's uh, yeah. How do you feel about Joe Brown and and Judy? Joe Brown and Judy. Judge Joe Brown. Oh, I thought you were asking about Jerry Judy. I was like, what? He's come to the Giants. No. 
No, no, no. Jerry Judy is, is completely unrelated. Uh, Judge Judy, she can be funny at times. My grandma always loved Judge Joe Brown. Okay. Because um, he was funny. I don't think either of them would make good MMA judges, though. No, they would probably not. Yeah. <laughs> now let's leave it to the pros, right? Oh, yeah. Leave it to the to the pros. And this is where we have jumped the shark. You really want us to jump that shark? We, I made it happen. I'm sorry. All right, Fonzie. I'm tank. I'm tanking this show. <laughs> All right, that does it for this episode. Scott said we jumped the shark, so uh, it's time to move on. See you Friday. It is. It is. Uh, maybe you know we might have just killed the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. See you Monday. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody. Take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.